And let's pray, shall we? Father, I just thank you for your presence. Lord, you're just so good. It just, just never ceases to, to be in a place of wonder at how good you are, how glorious you are. And Father, I just thank you for your word and I just thank you for these people and I pray, Father, that you just anoint this word as I share it this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And Colossians 1 verse 10 says, that you might live in a manner worthy of the Lord and be fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit while doing all kinds of good things and growing in the full knowledge of God. Ephesians 3 verse 16 says, that, we would grant, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. The inner man. You know, for one of the things in terms of learning to be, or, or to walk as a believer, is the reality, it's not about intellectual knowledge, it's not about, um, in a sense, even behaviour. Really, the, the, the reality of being able to live the spiritual life is where our inner man is actually bigger than our outer man. You see, because as believers, we live from a place of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides in every born-again believer. Everyone in this room who is a believer has a, and has a personal relationship with Jesus, it is because the Holy Spirit resides in you. But he just doesn't inhabit our body in that sense. He actually lives in our spirit. And he communes with our spirit. And, and there's an absolute perfect fellowship going on there. And you know, when, when that, what happens when we become believers is our, our spirit actually um, ministers to our soul. He ministers to our soul, which is our intellect, our, our will, and our emotions. And, and you know, this is a complete and under contrast to the way the world lives. I think sometimes we forget as believers that once we didn't, you know, how you feel now is because the Holy Spirit lives inside you. But there are people who don't feel the way that you do because there is no spirit of God abiding in them. And and you know, even before, like I mean, even before Jesus came, those who were believers, they believed in an external set of rules called the old covenant. Well, it wasn't called the old covenant to them, it was called the covenant to them. But it was a group of law, rules. Their their expression of their faith came from an external set of rules. But when Jesus died and rose and ascended to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit, who abides in us, everything changed. No longer does the value live from being living outside. It begins on the inside and flows out. In the old covenant, it was on the outside and it flowed in. They tried to be good. They tried to keep laws that they thought would bring righteousness. Under the new covenant, the Spirit of God dwells in us, and therefore we are the righteousness of Christ, and out of that, our external life is expressed. And so it's a very much a contrast to what the world knows. And you see, the, the enemy works really hard to entrap people with physical appetites. Because when, you, when we can get that, when we get that, they, they don't, um, that captivity of, of being based on our physical appetites, they don't get channeled. And they then can begin to affect our emotions and our, and our, um, our soul, our will, and, and it begins to really work against, as believers, work against the knowledge of God, it says. And it's so easy if we allow that to happen that a person's spirit can be defeated. 
And we live in a place of defeat. And in fact, Paul, writing in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, he, called, he talks about a thing called carnal Christians. And basically, the carnal Christians are those that are weak in spirit, that have allowed their spirit to be dominated by their, their physical appetites, their emotions, and their intellect, rather than being led by the Spirit of God in their own spirit. Very active in their emotional life and intellectual life without being directed and inspired by the Holy Spirit. You know, and what happens when we live like that, we end up living outside God's mandate and purposes for our life. Romans 8 says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you read that backwards. If you are a child of God, then you can expect to be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, let me say at the onset, that leading isn't like a ring through a, a, a pig's nose and you're pulled by a chain. That's not how God works, as we talk about in a lot here. One of the, the core values of the kingdom, and we talk about it here, is that there's a freedom. But it, it's, it's because it's about heart-to-heart connection. In the new covenant, it's all about our heart-to-heart. That's why it says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Because it's about us staying connected in our spirits, being, being in that place where he wants to lead us. But we have to position ourselves to be able to hear him. God wants each one of us to learn how to be in that place where we are led by the Spirit all the time. I said it last week, you know, that, that God is actually speaking to us all the time. But we so often have got what is called white noise, background noise, that we actually don't hear them. We just, you know, our lives are so full with so much going on that we often miss hearing the voice of God. I mean, what would it be like to live a life in such a way that the Holy Spirit, through your life, instructed your emotions how to feel? Your mind about how to think the right things to think and your will and direction to choose. See, that is actually the spirit-led life. But quite frankly, so many people are imprisoned by crazy emotions. Now, don't get me wrong. Emotions are a good part of life. You know, it says be angry, but it also says sin not. See, emotions are a normal part of life. And, and being spirit-led spirit is not, not about the abandonment of emotions or the abandonment of the mind or, the, the, uh, or coming into that place where our mind doesn't have any, any place. Rather, it's coming into that place where the mind can be brilliantly intellectual and creative and receptive to the Spirit of God. See, we for too long in the church have, have for, in my way of thinking, made everything, we've shrunk it. And we've made the things about the Spirit of God and, the, and Christianity about laws and regulations and control. Whereas you see, the kingdom of God is vast. It's not about shrinking things down and making it very black and white. It's about creating this enormous place of color and life and freedom and creativity and, and hope and joy. That is the kingdom of God. But to live in that kind of place, we have to do so through being led by the Spirit of God. God wants us to live in this place of wild freedom and hope and enjoyment and joy. Emotions that are learned to, to feel and experience the pleasures of God and not be dictated 
on how we're going to feel by what bills arrive in the mail tomorrow or by how our neighbour reacts to us when we let those fireworks off that we're buying this afternoon. <laughs> I mean, you know, those things, are, those things are life and they happen. But you know what? I'm tired of those kinds of things dictating how I feel and how I, and how I respond. I want to be in a place where my responses come not from external events, but from the very inner part of my being, from my spirit. That place of strength, drawing that strength from the spirit of God. That's available to every single one of us. That's what God desires us to live in. You know, Luke 1 verse 80 talks about John the Baptist as a child and said, so the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the days of his manifestation to Israel. The child grew and became strong in spirit. Luke 2.40 talks about Jesus and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. You see, I think God wants to bring something to us about being strong in spirit. He wants the church to grow up. He wants us to be in that place where we, de- we, we learn to, to depend on him. Not just in the bad times, not just when we need a help, when something doesn't go right, but at that time where we can draw on him all the time. I mean, here, we, here both John and Jesus are small children. It means they both had 30 years of becoming strong in the spirit so when they were thrust into the public eye, they could handle the pressure. Now, I'm not saying that we, we need 30 years or anything like that, but I am saying that I think it's worth us being focused on. If it was significant for John the Baptist, the man who heralded the coming of the Lord, and for the Lord himself to grow and learn to be strong in spirit, I think there's something in there for us, don't you? I think it should, dem- it should demand a little bit more attention from us to, to begin to work. How do we grow? How do we become strong in spirit? How do we, we mature into that? What is the Lord doing for us? How do we achieve it? It's so important. So, you know, I, I want to be in that place. I want to live my life to the fullest. And as we learn that, we see fruit being manifested. So I want to just talk, I want to give us three quick things today on how to become strong in the spirit. The first one is the word of God. Hebrews 5 verses 12 to 14 says this, For though by by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need muck and not solid food. For everyone who takes only of muck is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is their babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age, that is, those who by good reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So the, the, the writer there is talking about two types of expression of the word of God, if you like, the muck of the word and the meat of the word. You know, the muck of the word is really the, the soothing comfort encouragement. It brings promise, promises. It's the stuff we love to hear. Someone comes to you, you know, and says, hey, man, look, I've got this, this great verse for you. And, and it's just, a, you read it and it's just like nourishment to the soul. It just really does something to you and think, oh, yes. You know, the Lord loves to do that. He loves to bring encouragement to us. He loves us to, to take hold of the expression of the muck of the word. 
But you know, it needs to be coupled with what's called the meat of the word. And the meat of the word in that passage there is described as the word of righteousness. The word of righteousness is that which provokes change. It's the stuff that really cuts deep. Not to bring condemnation and shame, but to bring change and transformation. You see, muk is that food that's been processed through the digestive system of the mother as she feeds the children. That's what he's talking about. And the church really has to watch this, I believe, today. Because, you know, there's so much, look, there's more material around for Christians today than there's ever been. You know, there's just so much stuff that we can fill our lives up with. There's so many authors. There's so much on, on TV. There's so much on the internet. There's so many podcasts we can listen to. I don't think we've ever had more information than what we've got now as a believer. And in one sense, that's great. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm an information hog. I love information. I just whew, love, I'm right into it. But the problem is we have replaced that knowledge of what other people have experienced and are caring for our own encounters with God. And we've got where we end up quoting what our favourite author says or what the preacher on TV said, or, and that becomes our measure of our spiritual growth. And I believe that, you know, look, this is a really simple message. It's a message of saying we need to get back to the word of God. We need to learn to how to make it our part of our own DNA, of getting to that place of opening his word and just feeding on it. You know, I think we've become addicted to the counsel of others. Now, now I'm, I, I believe in counseling. And, and I believe there are times where we need to get get the word from the Lord from people around us. In fact, I think there are times when the Lord holds words back from us so we will be dependent on those around us. And you know, I've been preaching again and again about community and the value and and the revelation the Lord's bringing into this house right now about community. So it's an incredible value. However, there is too much of us feeding and depending upon others rather than learning to draw and feed on it to ourselves. The church has to learn that the place of resource for each one of us as individuals is the place of hiddenness. That place of drawing away, of going before God and feeding on his presence and on his supply. When you read through the word of righteousness and it just provokes change, and it addresses, and, and frankly, it addresses those things that you know are, are issues in your life. Where you get by yourself and you begin to read, not just a devotional five minutes a day. I mean, that's great, do that. But there's more, and it's not even study, it's getting his word and just reading it in the Holy Ghost. It's getting that place where you just say, God, I just want to reflect your glory. And now, Lord, I'm, I'm just asking you to come and talk to me. You know what? And it's not looking for places of failure in your own life. That's not what it's about. Or, or you know, wanting to beat yourself up. It's, it's allowing the lamp of the Lord to shine on your inner being, to bring change and freedom and growth to your inner man really to develop a strong spirit. 
And, you know, I want to say something. None of the changes that, that we all need can happen because we're doing it. But also none of the changes that we need can happen without your willingness. In other words, you can't make the changes that you need. But you do need to position your heart to allow God to make those changes. You see, and it's not even about behavior or anything else. It's about transformation. I want to be more like Jesus. And so I want to position myself to allow the Father to bring that transformation I need inside of my heart and inside of my spirit that I can grow closer and closer to him. It's allowing the word of God, taking the word of God and allowing it to affect you. You know, listen, you cannot pick this up. Look, here's, this is just reality, guys. You can't pick this up every few days and think you're going to go strong in the spirit. You know? The reality is, and I mean, you, know, you, you just got to take the word and you've got to get into it. And you've got to get into it for yourself. And I know, as I said, I know there are some wonderful teachers, Bible teachers around, anything like that. But you need to allow, because in reading this, you connect with God. And it's learning to do that. It's learning to position ourselves to, to uh, just allow the Holy Spirit to touch us. And you know what? In the natural, we get hungry by not eating. In the spiritual, you get hungry by eating. What I mean by that is if, you know, if you're sitting here thinking, yeah, well, frankly, Trent, the Word doesn't do anything for me. The Bible doesn't. Well, I want to encourage you to start reading the Bible. Set yourself time to read the Word of God. And, and I know that if you honestly do that for a month every day, there will, be a new, there will be a desire that will be fed into your spirit where you will want to, you will enjoy the, the Word. God wants to fellowship with us. God wants to fellowship with us, and the very real way he does it is through the word of God. You know, read the new, I mean, there are different versions, and, and we've studied some of these in Kingdom School, but, you know, like, read the New Living Translation. It's a very easy translation to read, or the Message Bible that Jen read out of this, to start the service this morning, or the Passion Bible. The Passion, you know, it's just starting, in fact, they're publishing, they've just published the whole New Testament Passion well, no, they haven't. It's going to be released end of, what month are we in? It's just got released last month, end of October. The whole New Testament and Psalms are just going to come out as one Bible. You read, I mean, I just, I've printed this off this morning because this is what I've been thinking on over the last week. This is from the Bashan Bible from Galatians 5. Listen to this. I don't know. The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love and all its various expressions. The love is revealed through joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness on display, a a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointing one, have already experienced crucifixion. 
for everyone connected, sorry, for everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Christ. We have now chosen to live in the surrendered freedom of yielding to the Holy Spirit. So may we never be found dishonouring one another or comparing ourselves to each other for each of us as an original. We are all forsaken. We have forsaken all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. Isn't that an amazing thing of the Galatians 5? Right there, man, you've got a whole year of study <laughs> in those two verses. You see, it's all about the Word of God. And this morning, you know, this is just a really simple, practical sermon, but I really feel it's something that we need to pick up as the Lord leads us into deeper and more in the, in, as we're going along in the next 12 months of what the Lord wants to do in our midst. Part of it is establishing in each one of us a strength of our spirit. Learning to be led by our Spirit of God. It's so by the Spirit of God in our spirit. Hebrews four twelve says, For the word of the Lord God is a living and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and to the joints and marrow. And this is a discerner of our thoughts and intents of our hearts, sharper than any two edged sword. You know, in the Roman times the two edged sword was the deadliest, sharpest weapon that the Roman soldier carried. It had had incredible precision. It was almost like a doctor's scalpel. So in a sense it not only cut, but it could also heal. And so it cut deep to expose things, but it also brought healing. You know, it's amazing how God speaks to our hearts, doesn't he? When he speaks to us, just to an issue in our heart to bring life. So I really want to encourage you to begin to read and pray. Read as you pray and just sit and say, Lord, speak to me. Because that's what he'll do. He'll just touch our hearts just again and again. He really wants to release us. And we need both the word of the spirit, uh, the sorry, the book of the word and the word of righteousness. Because if you don't, if you have one without the other, you become imbalanced. And that's so important that we understand that. If we just live in that place of the book of the word, frankly, I think we can become a little bit flaky. And if we live just with the word of righteousness, then we become a little bit prickly because we're always seeing just what's right and what's wrong. But God wants us to be balanced and be, just be in that place of devouring the word to bring life. The second thing that I really want to encourage us in in terms of growing in the spirit, becoming strong in the spirit, is the issue of prayer. You know, I think the thing for prayer is not to log in on a time clock. Oh, you know, I prayed for my 33 seconds. Of pr- I went 34 seconds. Oh, I can knock a second off next tomorrow. It's not about that. It's about communion. Do you know that? And it needs to be measured by presence, by encounter, by touch, by what's happening to you. Measured by that sense that you've, you've prayed things that move you. You know, so often we pray out of duty. And to be honest, if, they don't, if the things you're praying for don't move you, how do you think they're going to move God? You know, and that's a reality. Oh, yes, I'll pray for you, brother. Lord, look after him. Amen. Not a lot of sincerity in that. But, you know, when we're moved by our heart to go to him, then we see it. Jack Hayford once said, I stay in prayer until he has warmed my heart. In other words, he stayed till there until he, he encountered presence. Because, again, prayer isn't about duty. It's about encounter. See, everything in spiritual life is about encounter. It's all about relationship. 
It's not about duty. It's about encounter. And everything we do, God is wooing us into him, closer to him, to, to have fellowship with him, to know him, to be led by him. And that's the same with prayer. Learn, you know, prayer can actually be enjoyable. A few shocked faces. <laughs> what? You can. Why? Because it's enjoying God. Enjoying God. That's what it's about. Just, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, that for me took, I did take a time to do it. But I've now learned just to get to that place. You know, and the, the amazing thing is every time I go into prayer, he's already there waiting for me. I've never had to kind of say, you know, dear God, hello, hello. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm not here right now. Please leave a message. You're not <laughs> it's never like that with God. He's always there waiting for us. And it's learning to be. And the other thing is, I think, you know, for me, if I, if, I'm in, if I get an opportunity to have an hour with the Lord, I would say 30 minutes of it I would spend in praise and worship. Before I ever, because you see, if, I, if I'm in that place of, of prayer and of worship and of beholding his goodness, when I bring, them, uh, bring those things I need to bring to him, I'm doing it in this place of already encountering him. Rather than trying to bring my list to push it into encounter, I'm living out of encounter. And I tell you what, one of the amazing things is that so often the thing that I've gone into prayer about, when I come out of it, it hasn't changed, but I have. My confidence in how things are going to work out have totally changed. Why? Because of how good he is. Of how good he is. You know, see, we cannot live on just past experiences. We've got to live in this place of consistency. And God is just drawing us into this place of amazing intimacy right now. This is what it's all about. God's wanting us to encounter him. Wanting us to become empowered from the inside out. To carry heaven on us to others. And it's very, very easy in our environment because there's always stuff happening. There's always, for, for us to just ride the wave. You can come in here and you can ride the wave. You can pray for the sick. You can do all these things. You can prophesy because it's, it's here in the house. But God's wanting you personally to encounter him, to experience and grow in the thing so your spirit will become strong. So whatever you encounter, you'll always be able to walk in it. So we've got the word of God, the prayer, and the final thing that I th- believe that develops a strong spirit is fellowship. Fellowship. You know, fellowship is basically an exchange of life. It's actually being involved with one another. Taking time, taking risks, committing to other people. And you know, I want to really encourage you to consider, I think there are two people that we should be, two types of people every one of us should be connected with. Every one of us should be connected with someone, if you like, who is weaker in the Lord than you are. So you can inspire them. So you can encourage them. So you can stand with them so they will grow. And the second person I believe that you should be connected to is someone who's... I guess, stronger in the spirit than you are. So you can learn from them. You can be mentored by them. You can grow what they're carrying. Because when we position ourselves like that, we get a dynamic of life and relationship. 
You know, it's interesting, in Hebrew 13, it talks about three things, sacrifices. It talks about the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of good works, and the sacrifice of fellowship. And it goes on to say, those are the sacrifices that the Lord is well pleased. And I believe the sacrifice of fellowship is where, because fellowship is costly. It is costly. Because if you're going to really walk in that place, it's actually, and I talk about this all the time, opening your life and saying, here I am. This is me. And I think most of us, there's an element of, we're scared that someone's going to look and go, ooh, no, yuck. <laughs> Aren't we? We're scared that people are going to push back on us. And so we only let people see a little bit, the tip of the iceberg. But I believe that as we learn to have real relationships with one another, our spirit actually grows. It's not just about them, it's about you. You benefit from it. Proverbs 27 verse 6 says, A wound from a friend can be trusted. You see, it's, that's really saying that it takes risk to build relationship. Another version of the Bible says, the slap of a friend brings life. <laughs> I'm not even going to comment on that one. But it's just a reality, you know. You need to have people who can actually speak into your life. You need to be in that place where you can invite people to come into your life. And not because they enjoy telling you what's wrong. It's not about that. It's about one another encouraging one another to growth and to great things. You know, and the thing is, if you do invite someone to speak into your life, and they do, then the next bit of thing you need to learn to do is to shut up and suck it up. Because <laughs> if you've invited someone to speak into your life and they do, then you get offended. That's just way dumb. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe the strong, a strong spirit happens by accident. You either commit yourself to developing it, you live intentionally, you feed it, you train in righteousness and presence, and then you become strong in spirit. Or you just allow things to bombard your life and you hope that you'll get through. But you see, it's, it's that thing of building up a bank balance in the spirit. You know, it's, there's times when I've gone to the Lord because I've been in trouble and I've wanted to draw down something or I wanted to draw on it. But you see, I had never been there when times were good and so I didn't have a deposit in the bank. But what I've learned over the years is that the more I put with him when things are good, when I, I don't need anything, it builds a balance up. It builds a balance up in the kingdom. So when I do need something, I have something to go and draw from. Does that make sense? And the Lord's wanting to do this to us. He's wanting us to each one learn to walk in the strength of spirit. We've had so many prophetic words about what the Lord's going to do or continue to do. You know, the transitions. And look, I know that, that in a church you get transitions. The reality is, I was talking about it at the prayer meeting the other night. You know, someone once said to me, when are we going to stop transitioning? We're going to stop transitioning when we stop breathing. 
you know, well, even then we're going to transition into heaven, I guess, so that's even so. But you know what I mean, is that the reality is God is constantly transforming us from glory to glory. We as a people are journeying through transformation as he's teaching us, as he's showing us what it is to take the kingdom of God, manifest it in our lives in a community, and then take it out on the streets where everybody can encounter the goodness of God. And it takes time. It takes, and part of it is us becoming strong in the things of God, learning to grow up in the things that God's called us to. So I really want to encourage you to learn what it is to be, to, you know, because we're going into a summer season, and again, it's very easy. We're on holidays and all those sorts of things. But I want to encourage you this summer season to actually consider to take time to build into your schedule time where you begin to spend afresh with God in prayer and reading the Word and in fellowship and see your spirit become stronger because God's got greater things for your head. Yeah? Amen. Let's stand, shall we?